0: We will now begin our boarding process, so please wait until your group. It- oh, everyone's standing up. Okay,
1: it's manners.
0: Your husband host Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. You're listening to
0: Schmanner. It's
1: extraordinary etiquette.
0: Extraordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hi dear. How are you?
1: Doing alright. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine. Okay. Oh, just fine.
1: Just fine. Everything's fine.
0: Every day is a party, and I don't ever want to stop. Great. I'm also tired all the time. <laughs> um and listen, I think I'm the first parent to ever have this problem, but my kid keeps asking why, 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 why. It's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. A
1: lot's going on. Hey, let's have some escapism. Let's let's get on a plane. Let's go somewhere. How about Fiji?
0: Okay, okay, sure. Um, I know nothing about Fiji except I believe that's where the water comes from. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Teresa. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you feel about airports? Um, And has your time with me changed how you feel about them? Yes and no. Okay. Uh,
1: I didn't travel very much before I met you. Yes. Um, I had maybe been on an airplane two or three times before we started our our tour lifestyle together. Um, And... It, it, going traveling traveling in like the the big sense has always been stressful for me yeah um but it, it definitely helps to have someone like you who likes to make a plan and be prepared and you know like have things scheduled out to to really put a lot of my anxieties
0: at ease yeah that's the thing it's like i'm not i'm not always the person who's like i'm gonna do all the research and be fully prepared. But when it comes to, like, planning events, be it travel or parties or whatever, I am that person, you know what I mean? And so, like, between live show tours and conventions and, like, going places to do, you know, different performances or filming or something like that, I travel a lot. I fly a lot. And I've gotten very good at it. And I've gotten very good at airport. At airporting. (laughs) And the number one thing that i think we will probably keep touching back at least for me my my kind of philosophy on it is that i do not believe airport uh or in many ways airplane is included in the vacation or trip or where, that it is right. the last
1: yeah. it's the last step here on earth yeah, before it's the, last, the vacation like, begins like kind a of
0: zone of like like dead drop almost of just like waiting for the fun thing, that, and I don't think mm-hmm. that was always true. We we've done a we did an episode uh, where we talked about like car travel, airplane travel, boat travel, and train travel, right? So we talked right. about on the airplane itself, right? And listen, I, anyone who's been on a plane in the last twenty years will not be surprised to learn, unless you're doing like United Air Emirates and you're paying like ten thousand dollars for a seat. Airplanes aren't comfortable; they're not right. like. Great.
1: It's a mode of conveyance. Right. That's not especially comfortable. It's
0: not the luxury there one. It's not like the like bar in the sky. Yeah. Enjoy your T-bone steak.
1: Although, I'm going to talk about that. The, okay, please. Um, so it makes it makes sense that these giant metal birds we call airplanes. Yes,
0: these sky birds
1: need need a place to nest, right? Yeah. Um, and that place is the airport. Um, Quickly, going back into some aviation history, the first takeoff was in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, by those handsome devils.
0: Yes. This is uh, one of the things I really love, being here in Ohio, is that even though the first flight happened in Kitty Hawk, so North Carolina... Their, I believe, state slogan or whatever the slogan is on their uh, license plate says first in flight. Mm-hmm. The Ohio ones say birthplace of flight.
1: <laughs> birthplace of aviation. That's I it. Thought.
0: Birthplace of aviation. It's because like, well, they have the idea here, though. So,
1: Because the Wright brothers were born uh, in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but the flight took place in 1903. The first person to fly as a passenger. Uh, was Leon Leon Delagrange who rode with a French pilot in a meadow outside of Paris in 1908. So then because the history of aviation is also the history of one upmanship. Um Orville Wright asked his friend Charles Furness to give him a ride on their plane at Kitty Hawk later that same year. So yeah. <laughs> so it was just the pilots at first than one or two passengers um, and the first airport to be opened was opened by Wilbur Wright on that uh, tracks yep, yes in uh, Maryland called College Park Airport in 1909 it is the world's oldest continually operating airfield
0: oh, okay
1: so um, before this well not before planes before airports really um, you you chartered your own planes if you wanted to be in a plane but mostly people who were in a plane were um like on exhibition right yeah (laughs) it wasn't really for travel but the first scheduled air service began in florida on new year's day in 1914 uh it was started by a an aviator called glenn curtis and they designed the first airplane that could take off and land on water right oh. and that allowed it um to be larger than any other plane at the time because it didn't need the heavy and undercarriage for landing on ground right they mm-hmm. could use those kind of like po- pontoon floaty things so the plane could actually be bigger so it was more comfortable to have passengers Um, Auto parts maker Thomas Benost decided to copy his design uh, for service across the Tampa Bay, which he dubbed the St. Petersburg, Tampa Airboat Line, which does not trip off the tongue. No, that is not really good
0: branding. Um,
1: And he ferried the former mayor of St. Petersburg, Florida across the bay in 23 minutes. So that's 18 miles in 23 minutes.
0: Um, do you want to know just a weird fact that I know about sure. Harry Houdini? Okay, Harry Houdini was very uh, uh, obsessed with, fascinated by flight, and so uh, now I, the way I remember it, is that he set that he wanted to set be the first in flight somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he had a plane sent to and assembled in Australia, and he flew it there. And he became the first person to fly over Australian soil. Okay. Um, but yeah. But he kind of manufactured that. Yeah, I mean, defo. It was like I, wait, how, it was like if you said, like, okay, what's the easiest world record? I mean, he's still the first person to fly over Australian soil. Cool, cool. But yeah, he did it on purpose. It wasn't like on accident. <laughs> Although I would argue the rights, you know, it wasn't on... They didn't trip and fall into a plane and say like, oh, we're flying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Um, It could only carry one passenger at a time. uh, And they did two trips a day uh, for $5 a passenger. Um,
0: What year was this? It was
1: in 1914.
0: So $5 was a lot.
1: A lot. It was a lot. Um, But the company folded Mm. after the tourist season ended. Well, yeah. But this was this counts. It counts as the first commercial air air travel, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, um, sure.
1: So like airplanes were still well people didn't trust them no, basically.
0: No, why would you? <laughs> why would you at that point? It doesn't it doesn't make
1: sense that the whole thing would work, right? Right.
0: Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. Here we are 2020. I have I mean be clear. I have no qualms getting onto a plane, and flying anywhere, right? We've flown over the ocean. We've flown cross-country. We've flown so many times. I have no problem with it I because I've done the research, as we discussed earlier, and Mm -hmm. I know that comparatively it is far safer than, like, car travel or whatever, and we get into those all the time. But in 1914, (laughs) there's no way I'd be like, yeah, put me on that thing. We just figured out how to do it. Send me up there, right? Like... So it's, it's like if we invented teleportation, it's gonna be a while before I get in it. You yeah. know that right. Like,
1: what's there's a, a scene in like Star Trek Discovery or something. What's the one that takes place at the beginning? Enterprise. Uh, pre-
0: no. Yes. Pre,
1: right? pre the first series. I think it's just called Enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. where they're like, I'm not getting in that tele. That
0: the what the is transporter. the transporter yeah. thing? The, yeah. The beam me up.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so between the 20s and 50s. Really, the uh, like, every aviation stunt made news. Like, yes. you know, Amelia Earhart and uh, Charles Lindbergh and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But people weren't using it for travel. They were using it
0: for war. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this, I think, on this show before, is a lot of times the things that we now use, like, day-to-day in our lives were first invented, for military, or perfected through military purposes, you know, stuff right. like GPS and, you know, satellite radio and all that stuff.
1: All that stuff. Um, so the dogfights of World War One and World War Two pushed airplane knowledge and design.
0: Yeah. Um, you had Howard Hughes out there trying to make a buck on stuff. Is that right? I'm, I'm confused how much of it is true, what I know about <laughs> Howard Hughes, and how much is based off of both his uh, portrayal in The Aviator, but if I'm being honest, more like The Rocketeer. And The Rocketeer, <laughs> that's basically everything I know about Howard Hughes.
1: At this point, planes are not just like one-person fighters anymore. We get into big cargo jets, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the whole like parachuting deal out of big planes and stuff like that. Um, so after a World War II... Into the 50s here. This is when we enter the golden age of airplane travel.
0: This is where we see it as more like a lounge in the sky, right? Exactly. Like everybody's wearing suits and dresses and smoking up a storm and Mm -hmm. having cocktail after cocktail after cocktail after cocktail.
1: But it wasn't very accessible. Yeah. It was still really, really expensive. For example, um, you would pay 40% more for a ticket than you would today. Uh, so a flight from Chicago to Phoenix on TWA would cost you $138 round trip in 1951. Okay. So we adjust that for inflation, and that's $1,168 for a four-hour
0: flight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, so. To be fair, though, I, I, I mean, I, okay, here's what I will say, like, not only adjusted for inflation, because I was about to say, like, there are some, like, first class, to, if you waited too long and blah, 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 but even then, if you compare the amount of luxury that they offered at that time and comfort, right, mm-hmm. that was still, like, you were getting more for your buck than you I don't know I feel two ways about it right because like yeah that's definitely not accessible especially when we're talking about like the post-war you know 50s there wasn't a lot of like cash floating around or whatever
1: so let's take this kind of luxury and and put it up against the the advancements in in technology right so, you could waltz right up to your plane about half an hour beforehand. Nowadays, to go through things like security and ticketing, it takes about two to three hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. Flying coach would have been more like business class today. Lots of legroom, um, lots of amenities. In fact, there were far more staff on the airplane than there are today, um, so that you could count on fast service. Uh, also, in-flight meals and things like that were were a lot more like so they were served in courses. We've talked about, about it before, all.
0: but there's a show called Super Go, yes, which uh, they do an episode. Uh, that includes, I, th- I want to say it's like the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an episode, episode that includes like, if you were on an airplane, then this is what the meal would have been. And it is like, incredible. You know, it's like lamb shanks and champagne and like... Foie gras. Yeah, it's incredible.
1: And, um, and you know, cigars, of course, because you could still smoke. Yeah. Um, And n- not only that, but like... <sighs> It was. They used top designers. Yeah. They had. It, it was a luxury experience, and it was built as such.
0: Yeah, like I said, I mean, I was enjoying. If you look at the photos and designs and stuff, it's like a lounge. You know, it's like couches yeah. and tables and everything. It was. It was not. It was not what we think of now. Of like, here's you know a hundred rows of three seats, mm-hmm. and it's like you know we talked at the beginning of the episode. Of it was like the plane is now, like, get you there, right? Exactly. And to compare it, right? Now it's like the plane is like a car, right? Mm-hmm. Where it used to be like a tour bus. And it was like, you know, here's the couch and here's the lounge and we got TVs and you could sleep here in the bed, right? Right. And now it's just like, nope, point A to point B, your vacation starts when you get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's because my guess, if I can pause it, maybe we'll get to this, But as we began to rely on airplanes more and more for travel, it became less and less of a luxury, right? And airlines realized, like, we don't have to provide the same luxury. People have to use these planes. And so we can cut back on this luxury and people will still pay to use it.
1: Ah, consumerism. Oh, yeah. Ah, the... uh, the what is that? Not socialism.
0: Uh, it's uh, uh Capitalism. Capitalism. Oh, <laughs> we got there. Because My brain
1: you, is melting. If you
0: think about it, right, when we're talking about the 70s, yes. it wasn't like... You, there was no, like, I work remotely. You mm-hmm. didn't work from home, right? You didn't travel... The, the same way, right? Where it's now, it's like, well, you know, I work online, but sometimes I have to fly in for the thing and I couldn't remotely try. Like, right. it's, it's a much different landscape now than it was, you know, in 19. 19- I'm not telling anything and nobody already knew, but <laughs> the world's just, so, what the I'm the saying is, in changed. 50 years.
1: Well's changed. Uh so the airport specifically, um, was part of this experience and like I said, was uh intricately designed and beautiful and but boring. Yeah. Pretty boring. Probably there was one maybe not even like sit down restaurant, it's yeah. kinda like a cafeteria style deal and like a new stand. Yeah. But that didn't stop people from dressing in their Sunday best yeah. to uh, to board their plane or to um, pick up other passengers or whatever. Um, so, I mean, if you think about all of the images in like Catch Me If You Can, another yes. airport aviation movie, there wasn't really, there's not really to talk about anything like etiquette at an airport because you didn't really you didn't really do anything. Well, it was, not that.
0: Yeah, once yeah. again. Well, because that was the thing is airports had to change. The more it was like we're we're gonna go and we gotta wait two hours for our flight now as opposed to like literally the airport being point A point B of like I, that's the second time I use that phrase in ten minutes. I'm <laughs> but like I'm going to enter. And walk through it to get Mm -hmm. on the plane. Yes. Right now, where now it's like, well, we have to get there early in case there's any issues. And now we have an hour and 45 minutes to kill, which creates opportunity for business, right? Creates opportunity for shop. There's shopping. There's massage therapists there's I love all. you get your nails painted I love all that the shopping the one that still throws in it is the there like you'll see like a Brooks brother the two ones right is Brooks Brothers shops like mm-hmm. they're selling suits in the airport and Spanx shops that are selling, <laughs> that are selling, so I'm, like who's walking through the airport I'm like oh you know, you know I, and,
1: I would like to be less comfortable well, but I need
0: one I need one or both of those things right now uh, we're going to talk more about airports but first how about a thank you note for our sponsors We want to send a thank you note to our sponsor, DoorDash. Uh, DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. And I would argue it's more important than ever right now. They continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, Select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget that SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We're also sponsored in part this week by Quip. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush wants you to know that no matter what brand you use, if you have good habits, you are good. We love Quip here in this house. Brushing our teeth is so important. Good oral health is so important. And listen, not just brushing. Flossing, too. And frankly, I think that good oral hygiene becomes easier when the toothpaste tastes amazing. And frankly, Quip makes my favorite toothpaste. So make sure you check it out. Because Quip... Okay, let me tell you all the amazing things about Quip. They uh, have a built-in timer in their toothbrushes that let you know when you have finished brushing for the appropriate two minutes at a time. And it has uh, little pulses to let you know when to switch to the different sections of your mouth so you get a good all over full and even clean. And the floss comes like pre-portioned so you know you're using enough, not too much, not too little, just the perfect amount. And the vibrations in the toothbrush are gentle so it doesn't feel like it's rattling the teeth out of your head. And plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste every three months with free shipping. So go to getquip.com/schmanners right now for your first refill free. That's g e t q u i p dot com/schmanners. Quip, the Good Habits Company.
1: Hey, you've reached Doctor Game Show. Leave your message after the beep.
0: Hello, this is Steve from
1: Albany talking about my favorite podcast, Dr. Game Show. Dr. Game Show is a show where listeners submit their crazy ideas for game shows and the two hosts have to play them. And they often bring in celebrities and small children to share in the pain and hilarity. At first, it might seem like Joe Firestone has a contentious relationship with listeners. But that is only mostly true. She actually really respects us. It's a lot like Lethal Weapon, where Joe is like, Oh, listeners, you're all loose cannons. You're out of control. And we're like, no, Firestone, you're too by the book. You've forgotten what it's like out there. And that's why I love the show. Listen to Dr. Game Show on Maximum Fun. New episodes every other Wednesday. All right, Adam. uh, Maximum Fun wants us to record like a promo to tell people that they should listen to The Greatest Generation. You want to do that?
0: No, I am tired of all the extra work. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek with my friend. I think
1: it would be good to, like, try and get some new listeners by appealing to the audiences of other shows. Like, this this will only take a minute or two. It could be good for us.
0: We sit down for an hour every week and talk about a Star Trek episode and make a bunch of idiotic fart jokes about it. It's embarrassing. If it got out that we made this show, I think it would make us unemployable. Adam,
1: I have bad news for you. We have tens of thousands of listeners at MaximumFun.org. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Every Monday on
0: MaximumFun.org. I'm really going to be sick. Okay, we're back. Let's talk more about airports.
1: Yes. Well, we've we've covered a lot of the glitz and glamour. Um,
0: Now let's talk about the gritty underbelly.
1: Well, I mean, we talked about smoking. So, if you had asthma, it was basically a um, a tube of smoke going through the sky.
0: But yeah, that sounds bad. That's unpleasant.
1: (laughs) The airports also, you were allowed to smoke, so that those those uh, empty buildings with hardly anything to do to get away from it were full of smoke as well. I
0: bet. After, Because you got to think about it, right? Air, the air is contained in an airplane, right? Pressurized, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so then people smoking for like a four or five or like transatlantic flight, right? I bet that upholstery stank to no end. Oh, it just yeah. like, sucked in. I bet people got off of it smelling like they had just been like... I don't know, rolling around in embers like <laughs> they had to smell terrible, right?
1: Exactly. Um, and they
0: didn't have like air conditioners. No. Uh, okay.
1: People would walk around willy nilly, get on and off the plane without telling people, leave their bags places. Um, there weren't really security measures, and so bomb threats happened and things like that. Um, planes oh, yeah. themselves were very hazardous at the time. Yeah um m- mid-air collisions and crashes were more common engines actually dropped out of planes and w- these accidents wouldn't be recorded if they were still able to land with their second engine
0: oh boy that's oh boy.
1: very very scary and the the biggest part is the design of the plane was not didn't factor in the um the kind of like G force that would happen during turbulence, so you could actually die from the rough air that we experience these days, huh. hitting your head on things. There weren't like safety belts. Some well, of the, yes. sometimes the chairs weren't even secured to the ground.
0: That's the downside of the lounge in the sky, right? Is like no seat belts.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know if you have a lounge, you have. You have, like, chairs and tables and cushions and all kinds of stuff that could, like, bump around and hurt people and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um. So, if I had to choose, I would still use plane travel as a a uh, means of conveyance yes. more than part of the trip itself.
0: I agree. 100%. I will take the safety uh, and convenience. Oh, I will say, so... Um. I, I flew when we did the Max MaxFun event thing at the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. right? So oh, it's one of the few times in my life I've ever had, like, three connections for a flight. Yeah. But I we flew out of the Flagstaff Airport, which was very, very small. Very clean, very nice. Don't get me wrong. But very, very small. <laughs> and, like, the bathrooms, the only bathrooms, were on the outside of security. Oh. So, like, if you went through TSA, uh, which was, like, just one... You know, X-ray in one person, and you needed to go to the restroom. You would have to go back out, use the restroom, and then come back through oh, TSA. Oh,
1: wow! Again. Yeah, what a hassle!
0: And so that's the kind of thing of like that. That airport is clearly a leftover from before time, uh, before the increased TSA measures.
1: So now let's go over some uh, some ways to be kind at the modern
0: airport. Okay.
1: Um, first of all, if you're in any sort of line like security or ticketing, have what you need in your hand ready to go uh, and, you know, ready to find in your bag.
0: This is, this. let me tell you folks, security lines, this is where I shine, right? This is one of my, uh, this is one of my airport strong suits. Here's what you need. You need a jacket, right? Or your backpack or whatever your carry-on bag is and know like, when I get up there, as I'm walking through line, I'm taking my phone out of my pocket. I'm putting it in the bag. I'm taking my wallet out of my pocket. I'm getting my ID and my boarding pass out. I'm putting it in the bag. Exactly. I'm taking my belt off, and I'm putting You're doing it as you're moving up there instead of waiting until you get there, and now you're doing it, and everyone's waiting behind you, and more than that, it also may, gives you time to think so you don't forget something, and let me just say this as a PSA, and I shouldn't have to. Because it's been 19 years since 9 11, but I'll go ahead and say it now. You can't bring liquids <laughs> through the TSA security checkpoint. Yeah. And I still, like within the last six months, have seen people stopped with. I saw somebody like a year ago.
1: Now, there are always accidents.
0: But this person had a cooler, like a little, you know, soft sided cooler, like a lunchbox filled with like eight many bottles of water, and they couldn't understand why they weren't allowed to bring that on. Oh. So, so... (laughs) Here, let me just tell you, as the person who may someday be stuck behind you, you can't bring liquids. If you make a mistake and you accidentally leave a bottle of water in your bag, I've done that. That's fine. But I also saw somebody try to bring through, like, a gallon jug of water, who was like, what? This is not okay? Uh, no. No! No, it's not.
1: Um, Also... You know, I know you're exhausted. Maybe you've been traveling all night. Try and, you know, be nice. It's a lot easier to, uh, we say, catch flies with honey than with vinegar. So if you want a pleasant experience, be pleasant to others. Yes. Um, know how much your bag weighs. And if it's overweight, you need to be prepared to pay for it. Yes. Uh, because that is something that pretty much every airline does now. I mean, it's not a surprise that if you're over whatever the weight limit is, you're going to have to pay extra. Uh, Don't talk on the phone while you're in line for things. Uh, It makes it so that it's confusing who's talking to who, but also it's distracting. And like you said, if you're in line for security, perhaps preparing yourself to go through is the way that everybody gets through faster.
0: Uh, Here's another PSA as someone who travels a lot. Uh, Coming up in, I think, October, there is now going to be, like, a federally standardized ID that you need to move through security that you can't just do – not just any uh, driver's license will work. You have to, like, update your driver's license. Or bring your passport. Or bring your passport. So uh, if you are unsure as to whether you have said updated uh, ID, make sure that you check. Make sure that you go onto, you know, a TSA website and make sure.
1: Um, and then uh, make sure that you don't have to unpack at your gate to find something. Like you said, Travis, it's such a great idea to have that little backpack or that jacket with all the pockets and everything. Like, bring everything that you want on your person, so that you don't have to like show all of your your luggage off. Maybe your your undies. I see. You don't want to. You don't want to show your undies in the. In the terminal.
0: Now, some of these are, are touching on to some of our questions. So, how about oh, well,
1: okay, great. we
0: get into our questions and we'll see if we can uh, answer them through there. Uh, it's loading now, which is why it's taking me a second and I'm pretending to be It's <laughs> totally seamless. Here we go. This is from Danielle. What is the most appropriate time when it comes to taking my shoes off while going through the TSA security? I don't want to hold up the line, but I also don't want to bring everyone on an uncalled. A trip to sock city so
1: i'm gonna say after they check your um your boarding pass and your id that's when you can take your shoes off but what you can do is be prepared with slip-on shoes yes or uh have your shoes already untied if that's the thing um so that it's it's as seamless as possible uh, that I think that is one of the things you can't prepare for in line.
0: And I will also say this. If you travel frequently, like I do, and you are able to become TSA PreCheck, you really should. It, you don't have to take oh, yeah, your shoes that's right. off. You
1: don't have to take your shoes or your jacket off. Yeah,
0: you don't have to take laptops out of your bag or whatever. And I know not everyone can get qualified, but if you are able to, I highly recommend that. Um, honeybee asks, is it weird to bring sweets as a gift to the crew in hopes of getting favorable treatment?
1: Absolutely not weird. We do it all the time.
0: We started doing it when we first started traveling with BB. And now I just do it whether I'm with BB or not. Because it's like, one, it makes them happy, you know, and two, you know, maybe I get a complimentary drink or they're just extra nice to me or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, a, a little treat can go a long way.
0: And, you know, the thing is, with complimentary treatment, there's not a ton of options to get, like, complimentary, but it's nice, you know? Makes My favorite feel nice.
1: thing that, that happens when we travel with children and we give uh, chocolates is usually mm. what we give. Yeah. Um, the best thing that they can do for me is come and stand by the row where the child is sitting and say very loudly... What a great kid.
0: So well behaved. So, well-behaved. Well-behaved. so yeah.
1: quiet. Look at her there.
0: It just makes us feel nice and keeps people from scowling.
1: Yeah. And the best part is I've seen this on several flights. It's like they all talk to each other and they know yeah. what to do and they make me happy.
0: <laughs> uh, this question is from Amé. Is there, or Amy, one of those two, is there an appropriate way to nap slash sleep while waiting for your flight in the airport?
1: I think that it's about space, right? Um, If there is an empty terminal, uh, go for it. Especially uh, if you have, like, been traveling all night and all that stuff. But you do need to keep yourself contained. Yes. Don't spread your luggage out. Don't, like, lie on the middle of a walkway. Don't
0: stretch across two rows. Don't stretch across
1: yeah. two rows. Things like that. People need to get around you. But if there's a bench and you want to lay down on the bench in an empty terminal, that that's fine. Uh, make sure that all of your belongings are attached to you so Correct. that your stuff doesn't get stolen. We would mm. hate for that. That happening In
0: general, that's a thing, too, of, like, I still see people, like, plug in a computer or whatever and walk away. Walk away.
1: Don't do Do not that. do
0: this thing. Like, you should always be able to see the thing, or at the very least see the thing, if not, like, still have possession of it. Right?
1: Exactly. Uh, so I think that sleeping is fine as long as you, you think about... Traffic patterns, people getting around you, keeping control of your stuff and not taking up too much space if space is limited.
0: And make sure you set an alarm for yourself yeah. or mm-hmm. something like that. You would that. hate
1: to miss your flight. Yeah,
0: I hate to miss your flight. I have before because uh, I, I can't remember why I was worried about it, but I wrote a note that I left next to myself that said, like, I have set an alarm. Do not worry about me because I think somebody like, <laughs> oh, I remember what it was, is I was... I was at a gate way early, and another flight was taking off before mine. Okay, and I was like, I don't want people to think I'm missing this flight. My flight's not for another hour after that, so okay. I, a
1: note I actually slept in the corner of a uh, a terminal in LaGuardia Airport overnight. Yeah, when my flight was canceled. Because obviously, I was in New York and I didn't have anywhere to stay, didn't have money to get back on the train. So I slept on the floor of LaGuardia. It was very smelly.
0: Baby Dot has joined us, or she's been here the whole time. You might have heard her. You might have heard her. Um, Miriam asks If you see a celebrity at an airport, should you talk to them? Airports feel like a no go for interacting with anybody. But then again, if I saw someone I was a fan of, I feel like I'd have to say hi. Uh, I think context is very important. If you see them, like, rushing through, mm-hmm. right? But if they're, like, grabbing a coffee or something, and you're in line behind them, and you just want to say, this goes back to, I think we talked about on the show before, but, you know, Quickener, right, just want to say I'm a big fan. It's a pleasure to meet you. Have a great trip, right? Yeah. Don't, like... I, I, I will say people have talked to me in airports a lot, and I love it. I mean, I love getting... But nobody to
1: has, like, crossed the entire airport running after you yes. or things like that. So I think that it's about proximity as well. Yeah. So, like, if you see them sitting somewhere, obviously relaxing, maybe as you're walking by, say, hey, I really enjoyed your last film. Right. And then that's it.
0: But if you see them running to catch a flight, don't try to stop them to get mm-hmm. there. You know, it's all context. Let's see. Um, How do you deal with your luggage when you need to go to the restroom? Oh, yeah. So, this is uh, from at Hope Float. Yes, this is tough. We got to take it with you. I mean, you get like maybe, maybe if you have like had a conversation, if you're, I I assume you're not with somebody, right? Right. Because if you're not
1: traveling alone, you can leave it with the other person and take the bathroom time in shifts.
0: Yes. But I'm going to assume you're not traveling with someone and someone's just like, I, 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 there is, I could see a pathway through, like, I've had a conversation, I've had some kind of interaction with this other person at the gate. And I might say, like, hey, could you keep an eye on this for me for a second while I went to the restroom, right? But that's a very specialized yeah. circumstance. I mostly would just take it with me. At the very least, you could set it, like, under the counter, while you go and use the the uh, stall if you want to, but this is why my carry on I check just about everything. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean,
1: since I met you,
0: well, that's the thing is I travel a lot, so I do the. I only ever fly one airline, and I'm on their loyalty program, so that way I can build up into you know different levels, so that I get free check bags. And so if I'm traveling uh, with a like carry on, it is a like backpack. It's something it's Or it's easier. a
1: small rolly bag that doesn't take a lot of room in a stall. I
0: mean, sure. But I, I mean I, when... I don't I don't like I said, I only travel with a backpack if I can help out. But with
1: the kids it's really great. Uh I we use backpack diaper bags. And um if we have a rolly bag, it's a it's a small enough <laughs> bag that sometimes it even fits in the stroller.
0: Yeah. Um let's see. Uh this is uh this is from Uh, Morsh Molliver what should I do if I need to charge my phone at the gate and no no one is using the port but there are people sitting in the seats next to the port
1: just use your best manners and say excuse me I'd like to use the outlet or something like that I mean I think that the worst idea is just walking over there and not saying anything and using it the best idea is to be
0: excuse me would it be okay if I plugged in Right, you just need to make sure once again you are sitting somewhere near enough that you're not just like plugging your phone in and walking away and saying, this is your problem now. (laughs) Um, This is from Ashley. How early do I actually need to show up before a flight? So...
1: You need to show up early enough if you're checking luggage for whatever they recommend. And I think that most airlines, it's what, 45 minutes before? Well,
0: so yeah, that's the thing is, it's not just recommend. Some airlines will not let you check bags after a certain point because they've already like calculated weight and they've already started loading the plane. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, I had that happen to me once where I showed up and I only had like 30 minutes till my flight took off and they're like, we can't take your bag. right? And I had to like throw it in the car. Um, But I also think that so the two factors I would say that you need to determine it. Well, three. If you're traveling internationally, you want to go even earlier. Yes. Right. Because you need time to go through, like all a much more like intricate process.
1: And they close uh, boarding doors earlier. Yes. Because there's a lot more stuff to go through.
0: So, but the other ones I would say would be personal comfort, right, and how busy part of the day is it, right, right. If I'm flying out at like six o'clock in the morning, I'm not as worried about it. If it's like 5 p.m., that might be a much more busy time, right? Yeah. Um, But also, for me, it's like, if I get there any less than two hours before the flight, I am a nervous wreck. (laughs) I can attest. attest. Yes. (laughs) Even if it's like, we're going to get there with an hour and a half, that it's not enough time. I don't know what I think I need to do, but I'm just so worried. So, like, for me, it's like two hours is the perfect time to arrive before the flight. but. That's just me. Okay, one last question. And it should be an easy one. This is from Earth Shaped. As a person in my mid-30s, can I wear pajama pants on the plane? I really want to because they're comfortable, but I'm afraid it's not socially acceptable for a grown-up.
1: Okay. We actually covered this in our airplane travel episode way, 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 way back. And so what I'm going to say is if you need to wear... Pajama pants, wear pajama pants. If you don't need to, wear something else. Right. Uh,
0: If you feel, if you're like, you know what, I really today need to wear these because this is what will make it possible for me to deal with today, go for it. Just
1: do it. Um, I would recommend that you make sure that they are presentable in the way of no holes, not Not threadbare. Um, no fraying. Uh, they stay up on their own. Yes, they stay up well. Um, and I'm not going to say that they need to be fitted because they don't. But remember that um, the seats are smaller, so you want to make sure that you don't have like fabric overflowing everywhere. Yeah. Um, and and I would suggest that you still wear appropriate footwear, even even though you've got pajama pants on.
0: And the thing is, really, what you're talking about is, like, will people judge you? But the thing is, people will judge people for anything, you know what I mean? So, and you don't know them. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's see. The baby is getting feisty, so let's see how quickly we're going to do this. Go check out all the other shows at MaximumFun.org. Uh, you're going to love all of them. They're all great. We always say thank you to Brent, Black for the use of our intro and outro, which is available for, as a ringtone wherever those are found. Uh, What else, Teresa? Thank
1: you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art at SchmannersCast. That's where we get all of our questions that you heard in this episode and the other ones. Um, And also thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover photograph of our fan run facebook group schmanners fanners please join that if you love to get and give excellent advice thank you to alex our research assistant she is going above and beyond in this uh in these trying times to help us out with these shows
0: and if you have ideas for topics be sure to email us schmannerscast at gmail.com that's going to do it for us join us again next week no
1: rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners 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 get it